back to Let's Get Haunted with your host, Matt Strong and Allie. Welcome back, guys, to episode 74. Wow. Right? It's 74? Yeah. Let me check my calendar. I don't know. I just let yes, you do it's all 74. of this kind of things. Yeah. <laughs> like Alyssa today texted me and she was like, two down. Wait, no. What did you say? Two down, two to go with like a screenshot of our of like a our schedule. schedule. Mm-hmm. And it had the last four episodes on it. And I was like, two more to go until what? And she was like. Until the month is over. I was like, who the <laughs> fuck is like keeping countdowns of that kind oh, of thing? Oh, man, I am. <laughs> I am. It's the only way I can remember is if I repeat it to myself enough times. Yeah. And if I like type it out enough times. And so, and if I update the chart enough times, the right. schedule, then I will remember. Well, I will say my method does not work because I'm very unorganized and have no idea what's going on ever. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like I should switch over to your method, but it's well, a learned, it's an acquired taste to be You know organized. what? I think I remind us both enough to where <laughs> like you could just be not paying attention at all and it would be fine because I would just send it enough times where eventually... That, we would both remember. Yeah, I mean, that's that's, that's what we're doing currently. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would love to start out by thanking our donors. Before I forget this episode, I'd love to shout out Kathleen S., Sonia B., Joshua W., James R.C., Pedrito El Maldito, Carrie, Mary, and The Matrix. Natalia, do you have anyone you'd love to shout out? Yes, Gabby K., Alex Jang. Capri G, who is Peter Barker, which last episode we didn't know who we that was. We made a boo boo. Now we know now it we is know. someone on Discord who I actually interact with quite frequently. But for some reason, it was a brain fart. I've seen his name on there too. I know yeah. who he is. But when you said Peter Barker in the moment, I was like, well, let me just Google it. And of course, I thought it was just a meme. Like I was like, I know my brain remembers Peter Barker, and it's like a, it's like a, that stupid uh, Spider Man meme where they're all pointing at each other. That's his like oh. thing. Is like a close up of that and. And so I just thought someone had, like, referenced a meme on their donation. I didn't realize that was their identity. Sorry, Peter Well, now we know. Sorry, Peter. We fucked up. Uh, Brielle S., Sydney M., Lindsay L., and Taylor H. Thank you guys so much for donating. I can't think of other. Keeping this dream alive. (laughs) Wind. Yeah. Wind. Wind chimes. Uh, Lightning. Right. Yeah. A phone alarm. A bird's nest falling out of a tree. Yeah, sirens in the distance uh, calling you to your death. Congratulations. And if you'd like to donate <laughs> to us, if you'd like to donate to our show, you can do so by Venmoing at DogMomUSA or at NatStron. Or you can go to letsgethaunted.com and click the donate button in the upper right-hand corner of your screen, and that'll take you to our Ko-fi account. Or if you prefer to donate via PayPal, Natalia, what is your PayPal? PayPal.me slash Natstron. Excellent. Yeah. And don't you don't have to worry about who you're donating to. If you prefer to donate to me, to Natalia, to actually that's it. Those are the only two options. <laughs> but what I was gonna say is we split it all 50-50. Right. We have to use those donations to be able to record in lovely recording studios mm-hmm. like we are currently. And if you guys can think of other ways to donate to us that we haven't mentioned, go ahead and do it. (laughs) (laughs) Just figure it out. Set up a Bitcoin wallet for us. Right. And send us the passcode. Yes. Yes. Because we don't know how to do that. And somebody's requested that from us before. I'd rather you guys not do that. That sounds complicated. Yeah. (laughs) Just Just, give us money that we can use in this lifetime. 
If you want to mail us a check, we have a P.O. Box. Oh, P.O. Box 1658 Camarillo, California 93011. Speaking of the P.O. Box, Natalia, do you see what is yeah. in front of us? Yeah, open it. Go. There's a bunch <laughs> of uh, packages in front of us. Alyssa's going to open them. Well, I'm going to make Natalia work. I'm going to pass two to Natalia. I'm taking two. We have fan mail today. Oh, yes. I'm going to open the first one. This one is from, well, I don't know if they want me to say who it's from. I would just say first name and uh, last initial. This is from Kari R. Oh, my gosh. It's onesies for my new baby. They're adorable. This one says Mothman believes in you with a little baby moth. Oh, that's really cute. And then this one says positive hauntings only. Wait, did she make those? Clearly, she made those right wait what's I mean, the note say uh, let's find out that is adorable hi Allie and Nat I made some baby clothes for little Enzo since listening you two nearly every week makes me feel like a distantly related aunt or something yeah you're a haunty my sister started me on your podcast during our 20 plus hour drive of moving her cross country love Kari R and my sister Kristen C oh my god you guys this Those is really amazing. Cute. I need to take a picture of Enzo in this and we can like put it on our social. I was going to, I was actually thinking recently, I was like, we're running out of fan art because if you guys follow us on Instagram at Let's Get Haunted, we've had a really good run of two years of just posting fan art in between our photo dumps for the episodes. And I only have like two pieces of fan art left. But then I was like, why am I not taking pictures of the physical art that we like receive in the mail? So I think that's a great idea. Take pictures of Enzo when you get home and I'll post that when we run out of fan art. And the next one is coming to us from Canada. What? Oh, my gosh. It's a life, the world's most haunted places, creepy, ghostly, and notorious oh, spots look, magazine. It's dog-eared, too. She dog-eared stuff that we oh, might think is interesting. Oh, yeah. There's little post-its in here with oh, story great. ideas. Oh, my gosh. And notes from her, like personal notes. Well, I'm saying her. I don't know who it is from this person. Let's see. Oh, and there's a letter. It says, let's get haunted for Nat and Allie. Congrats on your new baby, Nat, and all of the best. Also, I posted on Reddit to ask for a P.O. box and Allie. I think you answered, which was cool. Yep, that and was also, me. And also, thank you. Yes, <laughs> that was cool of Allie. Oh, it's like Hogwarts theme. Look, it has that oh, wax. Oh, shit. That's very professional. Is, whoa. Oh, my gosh. It's a handmade card. You guys, I'm going to cry. This is adorable. Look. It says, let's get haunted. And... <laughs> there's all these different cryptids and ghosts on it and then it just uh, <laughs> and then it has the uh Monongal on it right and it says oh, i'm yeah. coming for pregnant women and then there's just a pair of women's legs chilling on the forest beautiful wow long card here fantastic dear let's get haunted overlords nat and ally I've listened to a lot of podcasts and yours has consistently remained my favorite. Thank you, too, for your senses of humor and the fun way in which you present these spooky and strange stories. My heart is filled with admiration and gratitude as I write this letter. I've sent you a magazine I read and thoroughly enjoyed. I posted noted some of the stories that particularly partic particularly caught my attention. Is that a word? Particularly? Particularly. Caught my attention. Perhaps <laughs> the magazine could be inspiring to you both. I'm moving across country in a few days. Looking forward to listening to old Let's Get Haunted episodes on the plane. I'm moving from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada to Montreal, Quebec. Ooh. A very haunted and spooky city. We need to do a Canadian haunting soon. I don't think we've done one yet. No, we haven't. They have it all. A haunted hospital, old graveyards, a church that keeps a real heart of a deceased saint on display in a jar. 
classic. That seems unethical. (laughs) Thank you for this podcast. You two work so hard at it. I'm doing an MA in creative writing, which is a master's of English in creative writing. Thank you for writing that. I don't know anything. And working on a spooky gothic novel. Anytime I listen to your podcast while procrastinating, I can call it research. Hee hee. Thanks for your time in reading this letter. Perhaps if my book is ever published, I will send you both a copy. Yes, please. It involves a sexy cryptid, maybe. Love, Hannah. Wow, Hannah. Thank you so much. Thank you, Hannah. And I love this handmade card. Wow. That was so nice. That was very, very nice. Thank you so much, Hannah. And thank you to... Thank you to Kristen and Kari. Kari and Kristen. Wow, people literally gas us up so much. I leave thank here you guys like... So much. We're really not that good at what we start do. Start a fight but... with everyone I know because yeah. <laughs> I'll win. But we appreciate you guys uh, gaslighting us into thinking that we have a good show. Um, and this one is from Claire T., who is from Australia. This came all the way from Australia. What? We have a typed letter. You have to read it in an Australian accent. Oh, no. It's just (laughs) every accent I ever try just sounds like a mix of like a dying man who doesn't Mm. have his teeth and an old English like Jack the Ripper. Well, maybe that's from a dying English man who doesn't have his teeth. Well, I think this is from Claire in Australia, but anything (laughs) is possible. Claire, I won't... uh, I will dignify you by reading this in my normal voice instead of giving you a toothless voice. Dear Nat and Allie, I'd first like to say a big shout out to you guys for such an amazing podcast. I love hearing about your lives in the beginning and then all the awesome haunted stories you tell us about. Insert nut button sound effect here. Nut. Here is a little present for the each of you. Earrings from the amazing store House of Dizzy. What? House of Dizzy has some fucking amazing stuff and is run by all indigenous women. What? I hope you guys love these earrings as much as I love you guys. If it's okay, I'd like to take a moment to tell you a little haunted story. You don't need to read it out loud if you don't want to, just simply for your enjoyment. Too late, Claire. I'm reading it out loud currently. There's no stopping me. <laughs> My in-laws live in an old Italian-style house in Western Australia that used to be part of a fruit orchard. Ever since they moved in almost eight years ago, I used to have a very uneasy feeling towards the house. Especially when I look down their driveway and into the front room, it just feels like someone is watching me. A few years ago, my husband's grandfather, Peter, sadly developed cancer and passed away in the house. Peter was always a very mischievous and open-minded person, and my mother-in-law, his daughter, always joked with him, quote, When you pass on, can you please let us know that you're okay? On the night after Peter's funeral, a huge thunderstorm woke up myself, my mother-in-law, and sister-in-law, despite it being summer and no thunderstorm being mentioned on the news. Our family strongly believes that this was Peter, telling us that he's okay and letting us know that he's still around. A few other strange things happened not long after Peter's passing. My mother-in-law heard a dog toy squeak in the other room, despite both dogs standing next to her and no one else being in the house. And my husband and I heard his sister's ukulele strum by itself while it was sitting on a table. The most interesting and good haunting thing, though, is I don't feel uneasy about the house anymore. I strongly believe that Peter's good nature and wonderful heart settled the bad feelings the house had. We haven't heard from Peter in a while, so we hope he is finally at rest now after showing us that he was okay. One last quick thing, if you ever want an international guest from Australia, I highly recommend our local haunted expert, Tim the Yowie Man. I'm sure he would love to come on your podcast, and he has so much knowledge on the hauntings around Canberra and the close New South Wales region. Keep making your podcast and being amazing humans. Love, Claire. 
Thank you, Claire. Claire. That is so sweet. And now I am about to open a box that says House of Dizzy. House is spelled H-A-U-S in case you guys are interested in supporting their store. Ooh. Oh, my gosh. This is super exciting. This is really cute. What the fuck? Okay. Give me one. I love this. Oh, the one that I got has uh, glitter and spaceship and hearts on it wow i really want to wear this now but we're wearing headphones i know that would just be very painful but you guys this looks awesome um the earrings i have in my hands are little glitter ghosts with little hearts i love it i'm gonna wear this thank you so much this is so exciting we've gotten this is very nice because sometimes i think i may have a problem with amazon shopping so if you guys keep sending me stuff then I feel like I'm Amazon shopping because I have a package to open, but then I'm actually saving money. So I really support this. Thank wow. you guys very much. I'm just staring at these because they're so beautiful. And I have one last package to open. This one is from Kelsey K in Pennsylvania. It says, hi, Nat and Allie. Your podcast is honestly my favorite paranormal slash weird stuff podcast. I have a two-year-old son, Ozzy, and mm-hmm. I'm so excited for you. Yeah. It is the actual best. I'm a dog mom, too, so I've got you, Allie. (laughs) I've always been a weirdo with a sense of humor, so I relate so much. I did the Ray contest and saw my childhood dog in the house. (gasps) Also, if you still want a mortician to talk to, my best friend at my bloody Galentine, who would probably love to talk to you. I personally have looked for cryptids, Bigfoot, Mothman, Loch Ness, and have seen a ghost in Bratislava, Slovakia. I suck at promptly sending things, so I'm sorry it's this close to baby time. P.S. I know hand-me-downs from strangers is weird, but I thought you'd love this one from Ozzy. Heart, Kelsey, Ozzy, Silas the dog, and Sherman the cat. Strangers are just friends waiting to happen. That's right. Thank you. Uh, it's a steel, a dirty stealer's napkin. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is so perfect. It's a onesie with a possum on it that says, I love my cat. It's nighttime boy. The possum that I took off the freeway and re like, what did I do to it? I made it get surgery. (laughs) I made it get surgery. What did you do to it? This is a legendary story. And it only (laughs) happened like six months ago. You've already forgotten. Yeah, you guys. Natalia saved a possum. He is now our unofficial mascot. His name is Nighttime Boy. She found him on the side of the freeway, picked him up, and we all raised money together as a haunted fam to get him femur surgery. And then he was rehabilitated and released released into into the wild. wild, And he lives a beautiful life. I like to imagine him with a lot of girlfriends um, showing his cool scar. That's true. Multiple partners. Or nothing. You don't have to have children or family. Well, you certainly don't have to do anything you don't want to do. And that's really... Our message? Except get femur surgery if a different... That's true. uh, If an alien picks you up and forcibly gives you femur surgery, just accept it. You are too weak to deny it. But also, look at what else she got you. Mothman learns the ABCs. (gasps) This is... I cannot believe... You guys are better at taking care of my son than I am. Like, all of these things that I've gotten for Enzo are incredible. It says, Enzo, your mama and aunt's podcast is my favorite. Your mom is the coolest. Enjoy this book. A friend of mine here in Pittsburgh wrote Love, Kelsey. Oh, how cool. A friend and fellow boy mama. Thanks, Kelsey. Being a boy mama is fantastic. Natalia, you're going to freak out with this last thing that she sent. I'm. What is it? Oh, this is the this is the this is this is the Kelsey <laughs> that made this yes this 
Are you guys hearing how Fan speechless art? Natalia is? Oh my god! I'm okay. gonna pass it to you. So it's you can an oil it. painting that we saw online already, but On it's Instagram. fucking amazing. It looks like something out of um, what's that movie with um, the hot guy from The Notebook that was like in the future that happened recently? Are you talking Anyone? about Ryan Gosling? Yes. He's so hot. No, no, it's what is that? I don't know what movie. It's not he's a in. sling blade. It's something else. There's like Ta- holographic taxi man. It's fuck, <laughs> fuck, la fuck, la fuck, land. It's like a future movie that just happened. Blade, Blade Runner. Runner. Yes, Blade Runner. It looks like from Blade Runner, and it's a giant skull with Alyssa and I at the bottom, and Lake Lanier is there, and there's all kinds of little Easter eggs and Mothman and aliens, it's and it's a beautiful. It's a beautiful painting. I'm constantly mystified by how artistic you guys are. As someone with no artistic ability, I'm just in awe every time anyone sends us anything. Also, Kelsey, I want to say my favorite part of your whole package is the chaotic Dirty Steelers napkin that you have placed seemingly for no reason in this (laughs) package. I feel like that really describes our podcast, especially just like a little something that may have accidentally gotten in there. Although I do like the Steelers. My dog has a Steelers jersey. So maybe I mentioned it one time many years ago. I doubt it. Fantastic. Love it, Kelsey. What an amazing loot we have here. Yes. I I took a picture of everything so that we know. Yes, please um, take pictures, especially of Enzo wearing stuff, Natalia, because I can use that as fan art photos for the Instagram. Yeah, really? Yeah. Yes. That would be so cute. Great. So, what, you want to get into this episode? Yeah, I want to get into this episode. Tell me, get me haunted, please. Let's get into this episode. Um, Well, I, Alyssa. Normally I do like a very long intro. I thought I was going to tell my birth story, but I feel like there's not enough time and I don't want to fuck it up us being late. So I'll just get right into the episode and you guys will just have to wait for this birth story until the next story. Look, the number of hauntings that have happened when a baby is born are probably at least a thousand. So if this is one of those stories and you don't have time to tell your haunted birth story, I'm sure there's another one in the future. (laughs) All right, Alyssa, do you know what a changeling is? I was right. Last time we recorded, last time we recorded, Natalia was like, I'm going to tell my haunted birth story because it goes along with my topic. And I was like, what's your topic? And she was like, I can't tell you, obviously. And then I guessed a changeling and she did not say anything to me in response. It's actually much deeper than that. So this episode explores a conspiracy that I didn't even know existed until I started researching this episode. We haven't had a good conspiracy in a while. Yeah, this one's off the walls. So let's get into it. Supernatural pregnancy and impregnation is the topic of this essay that I am telling you today. Alyssa, do you know what a changeling is? Uh, A changeling, I read the book in like fifth grade, so it's been a long time. But I seem to remember that a changeling is like, it's it's like it comes out as a human baby, but it can like morph into other things. And it might be supernatural. (laughs) No, No, I'm just kidding. That's right. Oh, I was like, what the (laughs) fuck? I know I read that book. Um, A changeling is someone replaced by fairies or a human child who is replaced by a fairy to be raised by humans. Sometimes also fairies take adult humans, especially newly married humans and new mothers. Young adults are sometimes also taken to marry fairies instead, while new mothers are often taken to nurse fairy babies. And Mm. sometimes when an adult was taken instead of a child, an object 
such as a log or some sort of token, was left in place of the stolen human and then enchanted to look like that human. So, like, it's actually a log, but it looks like a person. I'm just picturing that plank from Ed, Ed, and Eddie. <laughs> yeah, plank. Yeah. Oh, he's all he's grown up He's a changeling. Now. Right. And then this enchanted object would just sicken and die while the real person was taken by the fairies and um, raised. What would you do if Enzo turned into a stick of wood? Love it unconditionally. I would be like, if this is what you chose, I love it. But he didn't choose it. A fairy stole him. Oh, are we really going to start the conversation of whether (laughs) you're born as a changeling or you choose to be a changeling? You guys, comment below if you think you're you're born with the choice to be a changeling or if you are a changeling. <laughs> comment below if you would go save your son if he turned into a bunch of sticks. Right. Or if you would just accept that you are now the mother to a bunch of sticks. This is too deep. It is too deep. It's way too deep. We can't even discuss it. No. All right. So why would someone why would someone turn into a changeling? What do you think? Like why do you <sighs> think fairies would take children like it's hard enough to raise your own kind why would you want to take someone else's and do it okay um let me think maybe the fairies would want to take a human child because humans have some sort of utility for fairies maybe human children i'm thinking of like the QAnon conspiracy we had like do is human child blood beneficial to fairies close and also really far so i will tell you (laughs) Sometimes they'll take a human child to the fairy world to act as a servant for the humans, I mean, for the fairies, or just Mm. um, they want the love of a human child. So human children have the ability to love where fairies do not. Okay. So for whatever reason, the fairies just want to feel the love of the human child. It's very powerful. And then the third reason they might take them is just to be a dick. It says just malice, which that's what that is, right? Right. It's just you're a douche. Yeah. So most often it was thought that fairies fairies actually exchanged the children and in rare cases very elderly fairy people would be exchanged in the place of a human baby so that the old fairy could live in comfort being coddled by its human parents oh and the baby would just be raised by the fairies so fairies have this like ability to change their appearance and Mm -hmm. whatever i guess for some reason they're not magical enough to just like raise themselves yeah that seems to be a plot hole but okay if you are someone who needs um to be put in an old folks home like those homes are fucking expensive so (laughs) if you come from a fairy family that like did not save up enough money to be able to put you in a fairy old folks home then maybe this is a good option wow are you telling me that the fairy society is capitalistic society with no health care plan to take care of the elderly this is what i'm saying what else would the reason be I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Well, so they say that like human milk is sometimes required for the fairies because it's more nourishing and more powerful than the fairies' um, ability to nourish their children. Like they don't have Hmm. milk. Okay. In some... It's kind of like a, there's depending on where you're from, like whether you're from Ireland or whether you're from England or whether you're from Poland, et cetera, et cetera. The way that you define what a changeling is and what it requires and the folklore sort of shifts around. Okay. But basically the idea is that humans have love and that can come to you via your blood or via your um, milk and or just the way that you raise your children and they need this. Okay. The fairies need the love. So human love is more powerful 
than fairy love. Yes, fairies okay. don't love. Oh, they don't love. love. They're like sociopaths. Wait, so if they're sociopaths, why do they need the love? Because sociopaths need love too. Okay, Alexa. all right. I'm sorry. In medieval Scandinavia, it's believed that trolls just considered it more respectable to be raised by humans than their own kind. So they would seize the opportunity to give their own children a human upbringing as kind of like a, like if you get your kid a Mercedes, you right. know, you're better than all the other parents. Right. But in this case, it's like if, if my nanny is a, an extraterrestrial from like... <laughs> the Numenon galaxy, then that shows that, like, I'm very well off. Right, exactly. Okay. It's a status quo okay. for the mythological beings Well, that seems specious, but I- I'm going to stay on board. So according to common Scottish myths, a child born with a call, do you know what that is? A child born in call? Mm-mm. No it's, idea. It's when a child is born with their amniotic sac intact. Oh. So the baby comes out. In like, the sac? In the sac, yeah. I'm going to show you um, a picture of that. That sounds gross. It's actually really gross and really cool at the same time, like most things about birth. (laughs) Here is a picture of that, and you can describe that to everyone. Okay. Yeah, that's disgusting. Um, Okay, so this this is a photo. I guess, you know, the miracle of childbirth. Maybe it's childish of me to think that this is gross, but there is a large sack. Really don't know how else to describe it. It's like it. a water balloon, right? Yeah, it looks like someone took a plastic Ralph's bag, filled it with pee because it's yellow, mm-hmm. and then shoved a baby in it. I'm sure that's been done in the past. Um, so, that, the, yeah, that's exactly what it does look like. So, for some reason, in Scottish myth, they uh, would think that if you were born in call, that you were like of fey birth, and so um, the, that year we're gonna die soon, or because oh. you were a changeling, they would treat you not as well as other children and let you die. But that baby lived, right? Like the one in the Google photo that I just showed you. Yes. I cannot be certain, but I would like to say yes. They they can live if they're born in the amniotic sac, yeah, right? You, you just, just cut it, it open and right. I'm just a little concerned that they paused to take a photo instead of immediately like getting the child well, out of it. Actually, Alyssa, the baby is like that inside your womb the whole time it's forming. It's in that um, amniotic fluid in the sac, and it's not until the baby's mouth is exposed to air that it like takes a breath. Okay, so it's fine chilling in that sac until you break it. Yeah, actually, okay, I remember now. Your baby is fine in water. Because they have this reflex that a reflex that prevents them from breathing until they're exposed to air. The miracle of childbirth is insane. Yeah, I know. That's it. That's it's my magical. only comment. So, how do you protect your children from being changelings? Why? Do, what do you think? Hmm, how do I protect them from being stolen by a fairy? Maybe make them look really ugly so that the fairy doesn't want to take the baby. Yeah. So the fairies are kind of racist they prefer children who have quote bright features what do you think bright features are i'm gonna assume like the paler the the brighter right so they like blue eyes pale skin fair hair okay well your son's been taken i regret to inform you he has blue eyes i know it's what i'm saying oh yeah you just said last episode that he has fairer skin yeah i gave birth to a white child maybe he's a changeling he could be i'm not sure so you can put charms on their pillow like uh and by the way charms is very loose like when i think of charms i think of like a little thing that goes on your bracelet that's like a snow globe of disneyland you got one time oh okay this is an inverted coat or open iron scissors left where the child sleeps well that's a hazard yeah i don't know that just 
they think that the fairies are just like attracted to iron or like shiny things. Oh, so they'll take the shiny thing instead of and your baby. So, yeah. And also you can just keep constant watch over your child to keep them from getting changed. Or you can baptize your children because mm. according to some legends, fairies cannot take baptized children. Okay. So how do you tell if your child is a changeling, Alyssa? You, I'm sure there's like a series of tests where like you put the child in a bucket of boiling water and if they die they weren't a changeling and now you know yeah it's pretty much like that like you could boil them to death and then the fairies might be tricked into giving your baby back to you you could set them on fire you could put them in an oven it's very sad and very fucked up so i'm not going to get into all of them okay also if your child has a ravenous appetite Mm -hmm. they might be a changeling okay or they could just be a growing child though see that's the gamble yeah That's the gamble. So in order to force a changeling to reveal itself, you have to surprise it into speech or make it laugh. So you would like trick it into saying it's a changeling, you know, like being like, (laughs) if you're a changeling, raise your hand. And if your baby raises their hand, you're like, ah, yeah, I got you. Yeah. Okay. And then some stories tell of changelings that forgot that they weren't a human and that they actually just grow up with a human family and are like adopted into it. Um, And then later they realize that they are a changeling and they like out themselves to their family and the family is like attached to them and they love each other. So the family is like, okay, we're not going to kill you. We're just going to release you into the woods. How sad. I know. It kind of reminds me of the Nighttime Boy story, right? It really does. (laughs) That's what you did to Nighttime Boy. At least I didn't kill him. Well, yes, of course. (laughs) Didn't realize that was an option. And then if a human child was taken in spite of all of the measures above, the parents could force the return of the child by just treating the changeling cruelly, which is some of the things that I mentioned. Like you could just be a bad parent to it, which is sad. There's also these things called the Menantol rocks. Have you ever heard of them? No. So I'm going to show you a picture. So Natalia is showing me... Uh, a picture of three rocks two of them look like uh just like straight up and down rods and then the one in the middle is a perfect circle yeah exactly and this so this is a rock formation that's found in england in cornwall and it's also known as the crick stone and it's supposedly there's like a fairy that lives in it and if you pass your child through that donut hole it'll turn the child back now i don't know who figures this stuff out (laughs) But apparently it works. And also the local legend claims that on a full moon, if a woman passes through that hold stone seven times backwards, she'll become pregnant. Another legend is that the passage through the stone wall will cure a child of rickets. And so for centuries, children who had rickets were passed naked through the hole in the middle of the stone nine times. Did it work? I hope so. I don't know. I didn't really like I wasn't invested enough to like research if it worked, but I'm going to assume yes. Yeah. Okay. Otherwise, why would they keep doing it? Right. Yeah, exactly. So the Menantol is thought to date to either the Neolithic or the early Bronze Age. So it's really, really old. And weirdly enough, the hold stone could have originally been a natural occurrence rather than deliberately sculpted, historians think. That's interesting. So I I mean, I feel like that's haunted. That's a haunted stone. It's, it's a portal. Yeah, exactly. Like, why would a stone be made like that? No other reason. Exactly. If you're asking yourself, well, aren't fairies just make-believe? Like, who actually believes this? Actually, you're super wrong. And <laughs> also, that's embarrassing for you because... Lots of people believe in this. Basically, everyone over um, in Europe believes in this. Every single person ever born. If you are from Europe, 
you believe in fairies. Right. Yeah. Okay. You signed away your ability to not believe in fairies when you were born there. Um, and some folklorists believe that fairies were memories of inhabitants of various regions of Europe who had been driven into hiding by invaders. And it was a way to explain how these people who were driven like into the woods to hide from in- invaders would have sick children. And then they would go and replace their children with the healthy oh. invaders' children to be raised by the invaders. So it was like an ancient cucking situation. Okay. Yes. Cucking in, like, the sense of, like, what a, a cuckoo bird does, not, like... Not, like, fucking another way. man's wife. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so they're Not are, sure which is worse, but okay. I mean, probably tra- well, exchanging your children. in the, yeah, in the probably, fucking one, so you're right, that one would be better. I feel like... Than the, non-consensually stealing a child. Yeah. Okay. I feel like it's okay to watch someone have sex with your partner if you like it, and they like it, too, but giving your child away well you know what if the child wants to go and the family wants to take him that's like adoption right i you know now we're just delving into a whole nother area that we are not qualified to speak about as we learned last episode with Lay <laughs> loyon when we were learning about masochism and right. someone responded to us very kindly to educate us on why people have how people actually have sex in those they did? gimp suits how yes. do they do it the, uh, apparently there's holes cut oh. into the gimp suit well, that seems easy. Yeah. So that's it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> My point is we couldn't even figure that out. So how right. are we going to figure out this moral conundrum? It's 2020. If you want to do it's whatever you want to do. It's 2021, Natalia. Where oh, is have it? you been? <laughs> I'm still in 2020. <laughs> the other day I was talking to someone and I said, oh, last year, blah, blah, blah. And I stopped and I was like, I'm talking about 2019. Like to me... 2020 never even happened. There's right. only 2019 and 2021. Right. You just skipped ahead. Yeah. Love that. Do you know who Bridget Cleary is? No. This is a sad story, so I don't want to get into it too much. But <laughs> <laughs> why bring it up then? Because Bridget Cleary is one of the best documented instances of a changeling oh. occurring. So Bridget was born in 1869, and she was this Irish woman who was killed by her husband in 1895. Now, her death is very notable. Why do you think, Alyssa? Uh, I'll give you a hint. I said it like a little bit ago. Because she was a changeling. Yes. She wasn't, though, which is sad. But maybe she was. I'll let you decide. All right. Tell me the facts and I'll be the judge. So here are the facts. Okay. Loose facts, because I'm reciting this from memory rather than reading it with um, <laughs> off the page. We play it fast and loose over here. So Bridget is this woman. Her and her husband are together for eight years. They don't have any children. They live in Ireland. Now, Bridget's husband decides one day that um, his wife is a changeling, and he accuses her of being a changeling. Significantly enough, Bridget was the main breadwinner in the family at this time. Mm. Her husband was having issues. So Mm -hmm. she bought this, like, Singer sewing machine and started making clothes for the countryside that they lived in and became pretty successful. Because of this, she was able to eat better. She was able to provide for the family. Her and her husband were able able to move into a better abode, and she was able to start dressing in better fashions because they had more money and she had this ability. Now, her husband's like, you've changed. Like, when I married you, you were- You were a poor piece of shit dirt woman, and now that you have the ability to put bread on the table, my feelings for you have changed. Basically, that's exactly what happened. Interestingly enough, the house that they moved into, a lot of people didn't want to move into it because it was- um, supposedly built on a fairy ring fort do you know what a fairy ring fort is 
A fairy ring fort. I'm uh, I'm gonna just going to say uh, it's like a neighborhood for fairies. Exactly. Okay. So a fairy ring fort is basically ruins. Fairy forts are also known as leos or raths from Irish. And they're the remains of stone circles, forts, hill forts, and other circular prehistoric dwellings that are in Ireland. Mm. And then after they decay, it's just left this like mound of dirt that's raised up a little bit in the shape of a circle or something that looks similar to what I'm showing you right now. You want to describe this? This is a fairy ring fort. Yes. So Natalia is showing me a woodsy uh, environment that has a lot of trees sticking up from the ground and it looks like there's maybe mounds and then some sort of stone It almost looks like a a miniature stone bridge that Mm -hmm. has like an arch in it. It does look very kind of like fantastical, right? Yeah. So they're ruins. And then because they haven't been touched since prehistoric times, like grass grows over them, trees grow in. It starts looking like um, just like a beautiful landscape in some video game or something. So naturally, people are like, that's haunted. Fairies live there. Right. So the house that Bridget and her husband moved into happened to be built on one of these. And people from that area would say, oh, don't, you know, hang out around fairy ring forts because you'll get abducted by fairies and you'll turn into a changeling. And she's like, whatever. She's like, I don't believe in this bullshit. I am my own woman. Hot girl. Hot changeling summer. summer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Then Bridget gets bronchitis. Plus, her and her husband start having marital problems, and he's just like, okay, bitch's voice has changed, and she's rich now. I'm not here for it. She can afford shoes now. Yeah, she starts talking back to him. In one in one attempt, he's like, you ran away with the fairies, and her retort to him is the only person who ran away with the fairies is your mother. Oh, your mama jokes before... Yeah. They were even invented. Right. But it's actually really sad because he gets really pissed by this. And so then he attempts to force feed his wife this potion that he's made. And he throws her on the ground and in front of the kitchen fireplace. And he like starts taunting her with a piece of wood that's burning and is like, you're a fairy. Like, change back into my wife right now or I'm going to burn you to death. And she's obviously like, I'm not a fairy. I'm your wife. Right. Stop. And her outfit catches fire from him kind of taunting her with this um stick that's on fire and then he douses her on kerosene and burns her to death and it's unclear whether she died before that from um just bronchitis and then he burned her because that's what he said during the trial we can't trust yeah but when they had the trial the jury came out and like looked at her body to make sure that it was bridget and to see what had been done to her and the jury was so like saddened and disgusted by what they saw they were like this person clearly went through like torture like just filled death and so they ended up convicting him um and he shows no remorse for this he goes to prison believing that she really was a changeling and that he did the right thing and in the aftermath they charged a bunch of people that were with him because he kind of had like a group of men that like came into the house to to quote see what was up you know uh-huh. and so they're all charged but they don't really get much like one got six months of hard labor another got 18 months of hard labor one got 18 more months of hard labor i mean it was just basically like you burned a woman alive hard labor hard labor hard labor which honestly they probably would have fucking been doing anyways it, exactly yeah what year was this uh 1865 yeah everyone's doing hard labor yeah but her husband gets um guilty of manslaughter and is sentenced to 20 years of penal servitude so that's the sad story about a changeling <laughs> that i didn't want to get into but we're past it right right so 
more sad shit. Some people think that the the changelings are just examples of like neurological differences in children and people. Oh, well, that's sad. Yeah. So like, say you have a child that starts off as a baby and is acting like the rest of the babies and then it starts growing up and you start realizing like, oh, this child is maybe like a little different than the other children. Right. That would be possibly due to changelings. Well, that's if you're uneducated up. on that. Also, if you just like had bad behavior, like in the case of Bridget um, Cleary, she was behaving like out of pocket for that time. <laughs> so they're like, we're going to burn you alive. Right. She thought she was living her best life, hot fairy summer. And right. then she got lit on fire by her husband is what you're telling me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really R.I.P. Um, <laughs> also... <laughs> It could just be you were hungry. So, like, if you had a ravenous what? appetite. Yeah. And people were really poor back then. So, okay. if you're the child that's just always hungry and your father is like, I am gave you all the bread I had left. Like, you suck for eating it, you know, then they could just accuse you of being a changeling. Okay. Moving on. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of a succubus slash an incubus? Yes. A succubus. Well, my only exposure to this topic is South Park. But a succubus is a woman. I believe it's like a demon that disguises itself as a beautiful woman. And then the woman seduces men and then murders them. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It could be that. Um, Yeah. It also could be an incubus, which is the Brendan Boyd. Just kidding. That's a joke that only old people understand. Um, Succubus, remember on that episode that I did of Sugar Pine 7, the first one I was in when I was like introduced as toy, I think it was Kid that said, she's a succubus and she'll suck you nuts. Yes, I do remember that. Right. Okay. So that's what that is. Quoting the late great Kib. <laughs> did he? No, he's still here. He's still alive, but barely. <laughs> um, right. So they're basically, a, an incubus is like the male version of a succubus. A succubus is a female who tries to fuck you. And an incubus is a male who tries to fuck you. Also, because of the Latin root incubi. I'm just kidding. I made that up. But okay. they incubate an egg basically also so the incubus is a man that implants an egg in you it could be you know what i was not really sure what it was so i did some research let uh, me okay tell yeah you read it. it please read it to me so a succubus and an incubus are demons that feed on sexual energy and the earliest accounts of demon sex that are found in like jewish and christian dogma come from the book of Genesis, which details the origins of the world and the early history of humanity. And in Genesis, it says that prior to the flood of Noah, fallen angels mated with women to produce a race of giants. Okay. And the giants, like I think of a giant and I think of um, just like a super big person. Yeah, like the jolly green giant is what I think of. No, giants in the Bible and in antiquity refer to um, demons. Oh, have you seen that show on on Netflix called Ragnarok? No. It's basically like the Norwegian Twilight. I can't tell if it's good or bad. Watch it, guys. <laughs> and it explains all of what giants are. All right. Now, also, there's this legendary magician named Merlin. Have you heard of him? I have absolutely heard of Merlin. Yeah, from the tales of King Arthur. And yeah. he actually was said to have been sired by an incubus. Okay. I don't know what to do with that information, <laughs> but thank you. And in one of the letters to Corinthians, the apostle Paul argued that women could protect themselves from being raped by demons by wearing veils over their heads. And that's where we get wearing a veil at your wedding. I don't, 
Okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't like that. Um, in your now I'm like, everyone needs to not wear veils to their wedding, but I guess... It's hard because it's like, do you want to risk getting raped by demons? Or do you... Yeah. Or do you just succumb you know to the patriarchy? Exactly. That's really... It's a lose-lose. Either you do... What <laughs> I like don't like this so much that I don't know what to yeah, say. Yeah, it's Go triggering. Ahead. Trigger warning. Trigger warning. Um, After the fact, somebody commented recently and was like, "Wow, this was the first time ever that Nat said trigger warning before <laughs> the trigger came." Well, here's the thing, guys, is that I only understand something's triggering once I'm triggered by it. So. It's after I learn the information. And I know you guys are thinking, don't you know this information before it comes out of your mouth? But you might be surprised to find out that I actually, I say a lot of things before I think, and then they come out and I figure out what I was talking about after hearing it. That's Posthumously. ADD. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So <laughs> trigger warning. Um, in late European mythology and literature, there's something called a cambion. Have you heard of this? No. It is a half human, half demon offspring of an incubus and a succubus okay do you understand so an incubus fucks a succubus and then they give birth to a baby it's a mixture of a demon and a human let's say like to simplify things it's part human part demon got it okay um so in the earliest known uses it was actually related to the word changeling so scholars believe that changelings and cambions come from the same thing because if you think of like the folklore a fairy is like a type of demon okay and change has sex with a human that would make like a half demon half human baby right okay so that would be a cambion so basically my point is that changeling and an incubus and a succubus are similar. Similar. Things. Okay. They're like in the same family tree of cryptids. Exactly. Okay. And the reason that I'm telling you all of this stuff is coming up to this um, amazing crescendo. Crescendo. Climax. Climax of the conspiracy theory. Oh, okay. All right. That's right. I forgot. This is a conspiracy theory episode. Yes. So... Here is a photo of the uh, demon stealing a baby, <laughs> if you want to <laughs> describe that. It's not a photo, actually. It's a um, an ancient photo, also known as an oil painting. I don't know why, but for a split second, I thought that you were going to like turn the laptop towards <laughs> me and it was going to just be a photo of Madonna and you were going to be like... <laughs> people think that like the Illuminati are actually just changelings and do they think that I don't know but it sounds like something that people would think I think they do think that okay well Natalia is not showing me a photo of Madonna she is showing me a painting this is really obvious that this is not a human baby so it is a a woman and a man the woman is in bed so I assume maybe she just gave birth and then at the side of the bed is a a crib or a manger, whatever you want to call it. And inside that crib is a baby that just has very obvious devil horns sticking mm -hmm. out of its head. And then above the crib <laughs> floating there is a miniature, what I would describe as it looks like the devil. Yeah. Like um, it looks like a cartoon devil. And it is carrying away an identical baby, except for this baby, instead of having devil horns, has a halo around it. I assume to represent that that is a human baby that it's taking away. Yes. It is just a very funny looking photo to me. Because it's like so obvious that that is not a human baby in yeah, the crib. I know. Like, how could you not? I mean, I guess when you're like all excited, you just gave birth, you see your child. And if it has horns, you're like, well, I accept you. Right. I guess. I, I guess. Don't know. Now I have something very fantastic to share with you, Allie. Okay. 
My favorite preferred nude source as of late has become this website called Quora. <laughs> Do you know? <laughs> Do you yes. know what Quora is? Of course is? I know what Quora is. Um, you know, with Yahoo Answers being shut down, the only thing we have left is Quora. Right. So obviously when I started learning this information that I was researching for this episode, I went into Quora and I typed in, have you ever seen children with a succubus or incubus? And there was a question that was similar that said, have you ever seen the children you had with a succubus or an incubus? And I have three answers here that I'm going to have you read. The first one um, is like, I want to say skeptic, but maybe she's just a hater. I don't know. The second one is someone who answers the question from their own perspective. And the last one is an actual first person source of a, a succubus. Oh, someone claiming to be a succubus answered this Quora. Someone who is a succubus. Someone, okay, I got it. Who claimed also to be Look, a if I was a mythical creature, most of my time would be spent online, like, answering people's questions. Because I'd be like, why don't they understand me? Right. You know, like, why are they constantly hearing. questioning yeah. whether or not I exist? I'm right here. And in fact, my name is Ged Hall. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Okay, but f- I'm saving that one for last. So the Quora <laughs> that Natalia has sent me says, have you ever seen the children you had with a succubus or incubus? Anna C. Scholar writes, this has to be a troll question, but just for the hell of it, I will answer. No, I am not going to tell some incredible story about supernatural children. I am going to tell the truth. Succubi and incubi do not exist. They simply do not exist. I look forward to seeing if anyone else answers this question. If you have the time and creativity, you could come up with a really interesting story. If someone actually does believe a succubus does exist, well, I feel sorry for you. I don't believe in the supernatural, fairy tales, or in God. I am sorry if I have disappointed you with my realism. This person sounds like the worst fucking person on earth to invite to a party. Like, have you guys, I want to like just respond and be like, which bitch school did you go to? Because I've been interested in learning the art of being <laughs> of a being bitch. being a fucking douchebag. <laughs> so that was the first answer, which just, you know, I feel like is just a hater. I also feel like this is like a Facebook mom that doesn't understand that she doesn't need to answer every single question. Right. Have you ever seen, uh, have you ever been on r slash old people Facebook? Yes. And there's like the old women that are ordering something off of Amazon and it'll send you an email that's like, oh, have... Uh, what did you think of this product? Right. And they think that they have to respond. Yeah, you can just delete it. Yeah, you don't have to respond. And so they'll respond and be like, I didn't order this. And it's right. like, my husband did. How should I know? That's what I feel like this Anna C. Scholar is. She just wanted to be heard, though. I guess her opinion's valid for some people. I disagree. Okay, next up we have Ged or Jed Hall. He write, He or she or they write, no, succubi are sent for the seed to add fresh DNA to the gene pools of insular or small outlying communities where inbreeding is a threat to their continued healthy existence. Those so seduced are rarely harmed and are usually just passing through or infrequent visitors. Most such encounters are usually recalled as vivid dreams and are rarely repeated. As for incubi seduction afterwards, which is done by the same agent in its male form, the recipient may or may not be aware, dependent on the circumstances. I hope my small contribution many years ago achieved its intended purpose. That soul encounter remains a vivid and not unpleasant memory. Very interesting. So this person took literally the polar opposite approach of Anna Scholar and... I think he just had a, a dream where he had sex with with um, the night hag, a demon. Yeah. yeah. If you guys listen to our sleep paralysis episode, and he liked sounds it. like he just had sex with a night hag. 
Okay, now we have Sue Ella, who is an actual source Natalia wrote on here. Sue Ella says, It's funny to see all of these answers based on theory. I like this voice for you. And what you've heard. We don't thrive on sex or use it to reproduce, although we can do so if instructed to. We also can change our gender at will in order to change from succubus to incubus at any given time. We are fallen, but not sworn enemies of heaven. In fact, God has given us so much anticipated opportunity to return to heaven, and we've waited till these end times to have the ability to do so. Much in history have been portrayed as ugly creatures and not the beautiful, horned, winged seductresses we are portrayed as today. This is true only in hell, although we are slaves to Azazel. On earth, we can easily... (laughs) Sorry, I just have never seen that word before. On earth, we can easily transform into beautiful creatures and are quite skilled at the art of seduction. We do it because we enjoy the deception and the hunt. It's a thrill and an almost orgasmic adrenaline rush to seduce and trap and enchant a man or woman into following our every command just to please us or have a few moments with us because we have always been grotesque creatures who nobody desires. That was the world's longest sentence. Sad. And it's not done yet. So when we are successful in deceiving our victims and they see our beautiful human forms and submit to our will, it gives us extreme pleasure, and then in parentheses, vengeance. Our powers are very strong. When we engage in sexual acts, we drain the host's essence because it makes our powers even stronger, and it restores our youthful appearance for long periods of time since we are in human bodies here, and human bodies deteriorate quickly compared to our own. We are centuries old. We have been here and we have existed forever. On very rare occasions, a very gifted human, a child, or an animal can see our true form, which is dangerous to us. Stories about vampires and mermaids are probably the closest to describing what we are. Arachne was one of us. Lilith became one Mm -hmm. of the first. We are bisexual in nature because nature and animals, humans included, are all bisexual. We can navigate easily through the dream world, astral projection, because the substance that makes up the dream world can best be described as amniotic fluid, and energy travels quicker than it through water. Once we have met our challenge and the essence has been drained, we are bored and move on to the next challenge. We play with our prey as cats and feed on our victims like spiders. Now you know the truth. What do you think of that? I did not retain any of that information. (laughs) I'm sorry. Alyssa. (laughs) Okay, let me tell you what I think I read. She's an incubus and he, this creature who wrote this Quora response, Soella, is both an incubus and a succubus. Right. And has had sex with mortals on many occasions, Mm. says that they are greatly misunderstood. Everybody's bisexual. Everybody is having a good time. Everybody's a mermaid, and 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 Lilith was the first one. So basically, the succubus and the incubus, they're interchangeable, but the incubus is like the male form of the succubus. But I say male loosely because it's really just like in the same way that you would think a male holds a seed. Mm-hmm. That is like what they mean by male form. So some okay. the incubus and the succubus can actually turn into each other. Now... Have you ever heard of something called the witch's seed? Because the witch's seed is actually a concept that I was really unfamiliar with. And like the whole reason that I got the idea to even do this episode is because one of my friends a few weeks ago told me the story like just offhand. I mean, I feel like when you have a podcast that's a paranormal podcast, everyone just kind of like unloads 
all of their craziest stories that they don't understand on you, which is great sourcing material for this podcast. And it like inspires me to do things like, you know, I had a friend who had that time travel story. So I like did a uh, episode on time slips and paranormal time travel. Well, now I also had a friend who had this experience with something that she called a witch's seed. And it's basically this, witches, as you know, are like very closely related with demons. Like some people believe that witches are demons because they can use the same sort of like magical power as demons. That's not to say that witches are demons. I don't want to like offend anyone, but in history, witches were often seen as like playing with demons or like operating on that same plane and sometimes even using power from demons. Um, And so I'm going to play a series of interviews. The first one is my friend who told me about this witch's seed. Then the second one is her friend that she told me who actually studies this phenomena that I'm going to talk about, the witch's seed. Um, And yeah, let's just see what you think about it. Now we're going to call someone who has experience firsthand with the witch's seed. Hi. Hey, Lydia. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Hi, Lydia. Yeah, that's Alyssa. Hi. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast and sharing this story with us. Go ahead and tell, tell me what you told me at that horse show. <laughs> okay. So um, there's a story that my mom has always told me, but I don't think I thought about it a lot until very recently. Um, So my mom told me that when she was around seven years old, she was um, taking a nap with my grandmother, but she woke up early and she was sitting there waiting for my grandma to wake up and she saw a group of women fly through the window and there were one older woman and a group of younger women and they were wearing like black gowns um she said she was very confused but she wasn't scared they seemed to be very friendly and the older woman took a seed out of this little pouch she was carrying and came over and put it inside my mom's stomach and did like some weird ritualistic thing and then they all left um what I find this very interesting is that I think what my mom is describing, like describing, seems to be a coven. Mm-hmm. But um, the context is that my mom grew up in communist China, um, you know, and she nev- she's never heard what a coven is. So I thought it was very interesting that, you know, she described something that she clearly has never seen or never heard of. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I've known the story for a really long time. Uh, And very recently, I was thinking about it, and I asked Chris about this story. Um, Does anybody, like, do you guys have the context of Chris? (laughs) Yeah, we do. We, um, yes, we know who Chris is. We're actually going to play an interview that I did with him right after this interview with you. Okay, perfect. So I spoke with Chris, and I told him the story, because Chris specializes in studying, you know, the history of magic and so on. And um, he asked me, he said, oh, are you an only child? And that literally, like, made me shiver. I was very nervous when he said that because I am an only child, and my parents were supposed to have four kids, but um, three of them didn't survive, so there's just me. Um, And Chris said, he was like, 
this seems to be something that we call like the witch's egg is where like witches interfere with somebody's pregnancy to basically place somebody into this world. And, you know, that made me really confused. I still haven't really fully processed what that means. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, what do you guys think? Uh, How old was your mom when this happened, Lydia? Seven. Wow. You know, with the first time that I heard this story, I instantly thought of a coven as well, it sounds like. Um, but I feel, yeah, I mean, from a magical standpoint, it sounds like perhaps this coven was planting a seed in your mother to be raised or maybe they took her previous pregnancy. Yeah, I mean, I'm not really sure what to think, because like you said, Natalia, this is something that there doesn't seem to be a lot of information on. So maybe you're breaking the story right now. And people are going to start writing into us with similar things that Lydia is telling us right now. Yeah. Um, if you guys are listening to this and have a listener story you want to share, you can go to letsgethauntedpod at gmail.com and send it to us and we'll read them off on our show. But I don't know, Lydia, that's crazy. I'm not really sure what to make of it. I think I'm going to be thinking about it for a while. I mean, in one instance, it could mean that perhaps, Lydia, you were that seed because you're the sole survivor of... Um, the pregnancies that your mother had so perhaps you know perhaps you are like a special child could be yeah um and also something really creepy happened the other day i was driving at night um and this car pulls up next to me like when i go fast they go fast when i slow down they slow down so you know i was kind of freaked out and i look over it's like a full black car with this guy who looks like a wizard he was literally wearing a wizard hat. What? Yeah, and I got very, very scared because as you, you should know, after the story, I was kind of just like, "Oh, are the witches coming back to like take me?" They know you're if talking they plan about to it. Be here? <laughs> yeah, you need to burn yeah, so some I got sage. Very freaked out. Yeah, Lydia, I suggest you burn some sage. Um, that yeah, incredible, incredible story. Thank you for thank sharing you, it Lydia. with us. <laughs> okay, thank you. If you if you guys want to get um, follow Lydia on social media, you can find her Instagram at Lydia Wren, right? Yes. Yes. Thank you, Lydia. Okay, bye. Bye. So what do you think of that? I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't know what to make of that. I'm probably going to be thinking about this for a couple of days, and maybe next episode I'll have more fully formed thoughts that I can regurgitate at you. But I really I don't know. I was very confused by all this information. So I actually found someone who studies this and did an interview with them. Oh, cool. Who explains what this is. And um, I am going to play that interview for you right now. So first of all, Chris, I want to welcome you to Let's Get Haunted and say that I'm just so happy that you're here. It was um, just really random how I found you. I was basically at a horse show with my friend and she just started telling me this like really like fucked up story about her her mom getting maybe like abducted by witches or having like women fly into her window when she was a child and um, like put a seed in her. And I, I don't know, it was crazy. And then Lydia was telling me like, yeah, I have this friend who knows all about this. It's called like the witch's seed and all this stuff. And I was like instantly hooked. Like I knew as soon as she said witch's seed that I was going to do an episode on this, but I, I 
like Googled this and I couldn't really find anything on it. And she said that her friend that knew about it, which is you, was saying that there's not really anything online about it. And so I brought you on the show so that we can kind of pick your brain and figure out what it, what it is that Lydia's mom might be talking about. <laughs> so Perfect. my first question for you, I guess, is like, what is it that brought you to knowing so much about this subject? Sure. So, you know, what I do, I generally, I have a YouTube channel that has gotten pretty popular and it's called meme analysis, where Amazing. I, I kind of look at stuff that's online and figure out what the psychological significance of it is. And so being interested in psychology, you know, what is very closely related is the occult and mm -hmm. the paranormal. Um, you know, that was really my original interest was in the paranormal and the occult. And so just as there are memes online, there are recurring patterns in paranormal phenomena as well. Mm -hmm. Like 10 different people see different ghosts, but they'll experience very similar things. You know, even worlds apart, they'll experience very similar things. And I'm very curious about that. Like, what are these patterns? And Lydia... Uh, experienced one, Lydia's right. mom. The problem with these patterns is that there are very few people who are really trying to figure out like, what are these patterns? They're more interested really in like, is it real? Is it not real? I'm more interested in why does it keep happening? Right. Why does this stuff keep on repeating? And so the idea of the witch's seed or the witch's egg is spread across many different cultures and systems. So I think one of perhaps the best way to kind of dig at it is through the idea of the, the succubus. Have you heard of mm. the succubus? So correct me if I'm wrong, because I really don't know that much about this, but it's basically a demon who like feeds off of, off of like sexual energy and sometimes make maybe even like sexual fluids. I don't, I'm not really sure exactly. Like if I'm looking, uh, yeah, exactly, exactly it? right. Exactly okay. right. And yeah. so part of it too is like, it's demons, but also witches can be that. Witches can shape shift. They can make themselves a beautiful young woman. And um, so they'll take the seed of a man. And then the really important thing is that they can shape shift again. The succubus mm -hmm. is not one thing. They become uh, an incubus. And the incubus... Um, takes that seed or takes whatever seed after the witch has kind of done something to it mm -hmm. and impregnates a woman. So you have the succubus and the incubus. So the witch can impregnate women with whatever seed they want. So, okay, let, well, let me see if I can figure this out. So a, the succubus would be basically this entity or... Um, something with a motive to get the seed but then once they get the seed the incubus like incubates it carries it so would the incubus be the person who's impregnated with the seed or is the incubus just carrying the seed to the person that's getting impregnated with the seed they carry the seed so they can okay. it can be one witch this witch can become a succubus be a beautiful woman and right. um get semen and then become a beautiful man and impregnate another woman or just impregnate them with a dream and so on 
Oh, wait. So is the incubus like sort of a male figure and the succubus is like the female counterpart to that? And it's oh, and often it's one. It's just one um, demon or one witch who does that. Wow. Okay. That. Oh, that's that's really cool. That's really crazy. Okay. Very, that very, very cool. Has a long history with fairies as well. You know, like oh. the idea of the changelings, where fairies can impregnate women, not just steal a child, but impregnate women with false children with demonic children they'll spirit you away you get okay. eaten or you get you know put into fairy in the fairyland and the fairy replaces you with a fairy child amazing okay so exactly how is that related to the witch's seed did you say well they don't only steal children they will impregnate women with fairy children as well oh the incubus will fairies themselves will as well oh okay they're related so you get many different uh occurrences of kind of spirits impregnating women with kind of demonic children right that's the thread that's the thread that we're going through here is this um impregnation of women through some sort of entity that's not traditional intercourse of humans it's like exactly. a su supernatural impregnation. Is that the only two instances that you know about where that sort of happens or like how far does this go? Um, so then we get, I would say one of the really impressive ones is in uh, David Bowie, actually. What? Um, <laughs> during David Bowie, you know, uh, his record Station to Station, he wrote it while on a Coke bender and it was like a month straight. And wow. he was terrified of witches stealing his semen because he believed that they wanted to use it to make a baby. Well, of course, and someone would want David Bowie's semen to make a baby, right? <laughs> exactly. But who knows for what, you know, for what nefarious purposes these mm -hmm. witches would want, you know, what, what kind of baby are they going to make? That's another big question as well. Like, because right. we're, we, we're, we're looking at like, how does it happen? but it's not like, what is this child going to do? Um, and I th that media looks at that a lot. You get a lot of demon impregnations where the baby, you know, often like sometimes uh, that baby is meant to be like the antichrist right. or that baby is meant to do something evil or they kill their parents when they get up, they grow up. Right, um, like classic horror movie storyline. Yeah, exactly. And then I think we get to the, really the most interesting thing which is where is what is happening today because lydia i think is a special case where right. witches are generally not believed in as much anymore mm -hmm. um people really don't think that there are like witches in the woods and fairies but they do believe in this they do believe in aliens mm -hmm. and aliens are constantly doing exactly what witches did in the past where they take men and take the semen and take women and impregnate them they're they're doing um like a ton of people write about this this is like a really really common idea of like aliens um manipulating genetics in people and making hybrid alien babies uh, but it's funny because when we look at it this way you can see it's straight from the past it's not something new at all it's a very very ancient idea of the witch's seed or the witch's egg 
Right. But instead of now, instead of like, you know, in the 1600s, we would believe that witches had done this. Now we're taking that same idea and putting it on like ETs or um, yeah, aliens like probing or abducting. Wow. Exactly. Wow. That is a really cool thread. I also kind of feel like we're on that show, um, <laughs> Ancient Aliens, where like mm-hmm. everything comes back to aliens. I love that. My- but it's the other way exact to me I, I like a lot of that is the way that they would what what the ancient aliens people would say they'd say oh well the it was actually aliens all along right but when we look at it i think from a psychological perspective from a magical perspective mm-hmm. you see that it was just one archetype all along one pattern of energy repeating itself in different ways for people to believe in it it wasn't aliens all along just like uh, aliens are not witches it's just all the same thing in different shapes right it's that same thread of supernatural implantation or impregnation wow yeah that is really really interesting is this what your youtube channel is mainly about or is it more of memes (laughs) so i'll look at like i can um take a meme and show the thread to something very old and ancient or something psychological because that's what the whole world is made of what is like a good example of a meme um like that you've digested or like talked about on your channel i don't know i'm just very interested in this right now (laughs) the the peace sign right peace sign is a perfect example of a meme Mm. and so the peace sign actually has its roots in, you know, World War II, you get V for victory from right. the British. But what most people don't know is that V for victory was actually designed by a magician. It was designed by Alistair Crowley, um, who at the time was working with MI6. And so what it came down to is that they knew that they had a problem because the Nazis had a really good meme, which is the swastika. The right. swastika was a very, and it still is, it's still a very powerful symbol, right? Powerful like it, iconography, yes. It can it, it can evoke very powerful reactions, very powerful responses. Mm-hmm. And so what Crowley did was look at what exactly the swastika meant. What was the swastika doing? And the swastika is the sun. It's a solar symbol. And it's a paternal symbol, the sun father. And so he looked back to ancient Egypt and he found a figure that was capable of destroying the sun, of killing the sun. And that is uh, the god Seth Mm. or um, Apophis. And that symbol, his symbol is the V. It's the V because it's like like an alligator chomping, eating up. I see it. So when the the Nazis have that, you just chop it up, just like um, rock paper scissors, really. Um, oh, so the idea is that the bee, or it's like scissors, or like an alligator chopping, would just chop through the swastika. Exactly, like you know the um, the Roman salute, they do the that, and then you chop it up. Right. Oh wow. Okay. So that's kind that's of a very look cool. At, like magic warfare psychological warfare 
um, because it seems it seems like it doesn't matter. Like it seems like, oh, that's just silly. This is just something we do to communicate. But mm -hmm. it's so profoundly important. Mm -hmm. um, all religions use symbols that are capable of repeating and sharing information. Without the cross, there would be no Christianity. Mm, right. Yeah, exactly. Because it's it's how you sort of tie in all of these people and ideas under like an umbrella. It's like the cross. Um, that's yeah, that's really, really interesting. Wow. I'm getting so many ideas now for the rest of this episode. Um, so basically, to sum this up, this idea of supernatural implantation that we've been talking about is kind of like a meme throughout history because it's a way to describe how people were um, interpreting their surroundings or how they were explaining how someone became pregnant with whatever child or how um, these sort of uh, traditions are passed down. It's like a meme. Exactly. And also, I hope none of this is offending Lydia. I hope we're not like, you are a demon child, blah, blah, blah. I don't no. mean that at all. I just think it's important to see like, why do we think these things? And it, I think it can, it can be very, very tragic. Um, there is a similar, um, there's a monster and I believe it's in the Philippines where women um, would describe going out into the jungle and a, um, a woman, a flying woman would come and steal their baby away. And this is a very modern monster. It's, it's very recent in their culture mm -hmm. and it's a way that they explain abortions. Are you talking about the Monongal? Yeah, I believe. Oh, oh, amazing. Yeah. The only reason I know that is because we did an episode on Filipino folklore mm. and that um, cryptid was talked about where it's like a woman who is just half of her body and she flies and she eats, yeah, children, like pregnant women's children while they're still in utero. And so that is a really good illustration of like, how do we deal with unwanted children? Mm -hmm. We can say like, you're, you know, we're very fortunate. Having children is one of the most profound and beautiful things that can happen. But in every religion, the flow of killing children is right there. You get Kronos and Saturn who eat, he eats his sons and daughters mm -hmm. and changelings which are used like literally it's it's an idea but it was used to justify killing children um so we need these myths are something that we can kind of understand like that that wasn't a kid that was just a that was an elf that was a monster that was a demon that was a witch we need these ideas to protect ourselves right from these horrors right like these these human tragedies mm. um and i think that often you know every meme has a very powerful root a very emotionally resonant source i mean a lot of, yeah a lot of this haunted stuff and um tales and you know myths and folklore and things that are passed down through verbal tradition are just ways to sort of explain like phenomena that relates to the human psychology, right? Like if there's like war going on, people are stressed out. We see that reflected in what the folklore is of the time. And, you know, if there's famine going on or if there's a plague going on, we see that definitely reflected. Wow, this is so much deeper than I thought it was gonna be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my, after I'm done with my, my meme channel, I'm planning on doing uh, the paranormal 
focusing on like why does this happen for every different phenomena well chris thank you so much for coming on the show today and just so that all of our listeners can check out your youtube channel and learn more about memes and learn more about you where can they find you you can social media whatever you want to promote well thank you for having me on natalia um you can check out meme analysis on youtube or memeanalysis.com which has a lot of the ideas written about I'm the God Disc on Instagram and Twitter, and I make comics with my girlfriend about the paranormal and about all of this sort of interesting stuff at Aeonic Comics on Instagram, A-E-O-N-I-C Comics. Uh, Thanks for having me on. Yeah, amazing. So great to meet you and, and get to talk to you. I really appreciate it. And yeah, thank you for coming on and doing this. Thank you to Lydia for uh, introducing us. Right. I know through a text. It's perfect. This is like the haunted podcast that brings everyone together. Okay. So basically what Chris is talking about is that throughout antiquity, we've always had these stories of supernatural beings that uh, either take human children or impregnate a human or have some sort of mixing of like supernatural seed and human seed. Okay. And it started with changelings and fairies and witches and um, incubus and succubus. And now we often see it as aliens. Yeah, I actually think he explained that really well. Um, Because if you look at stuff like the Bible um, talking about similar things, it always seems like, okay, it starts with the devil. And then over time it was, no, it was, it was demons. And then no, it's not demons. It's succubi. And like women are always the root of all evil. Lilith being Mm -hmm. a prime example. Okay. No, it's, uh, you know, now we move forward to like the Salem witch trials. No, now it's witches that are doing these things. And he's right. Yeah. Now we sort of think of it as aliens might be doing these things. So, It does make sense that there would be a progression of our understanding of these types of creatures over time. But like he said, there's this common thread running through all of those, which is genetic manipulation by a non-human entity. Exactly. Yeah. So have you ever heard of Antonio Villa? Banderas. Yes. Also, have you ever heard of Antonio Villas Boas? No, I have not. So Antonio was abducted by aliens and famously had sexual intercourse with a female humanoid. Okay. Good for him. Right. Is that? Yeah. (laughs) Good job, Antonio. So what happened with it? The first documented sexual encounters with aliens started like coming into the modern, I don't know, like hemisphere what i wouldn't know what the word i'm trying to say started being written about in the (laughs) 50s but before that people had claimed to have sex with demons and succubus like we talked about and changelings and all of that so that went back to centuries Mm -hmm. so there's this guy named watson and he is the author of this book called the ufo investigations manual and basically the book says that Um, exactly what Chris was talking about, like how aliens are this modern incarnation of witches or um, like demons. And he said that this experience by Antonio was the first case of sexual contact in the flying saucer era, aka since the 50s. So Antonio was a 23-year-old Brazilian farmer. He was working at night to avoid the hot temperature of the Brazilian sun during the day when something very haunted happened. 
On October 16th, 1957, Antonio was plowing fields when he saw... (laughs) When he started plowing something else. (laughs) When he saw what he described as a red star in the night sky. Now, this red star begins growing in size until he's like, maybe that's not a star. Is that a meteor? What is that? An asteroid? I don't understand what's happening. And it becomes recognizable as a roughly circular or egg-shaped aerial craft with a red light at its front and a rotating cupola on top. The craft begins descending into the land where he is, extending three legs onto the ground and landing. At that point, Boas decides to run from the scene, obviously. First of all, I'm so glad because a lot of times people like watch and they point at it and they like try to take a photo or something. But I feel like that's super realistic to just run away. Well, they say that your reaction is either fight, flight or freeze. Oh. So he chose to flee Mm -hmm. where some might choose to freeze. Yeah. Good job. So he attempts to leave the scene on his tractor, but then the tractor lights and engine die after traveling only a short distance. So then he has to get out of the tractor and he starts running on foot. But he's seized by a 1.5 meter or five foot tall humanoid who was wearing gray coveralls and a helmet. He describes the humanoid as having eyes that were small and blue. And instead of speech, it made noises like barks and yelps. Hmm. Three similar humanoid beings then joined the first in subduing Boas, and they dragged him inside the craft. From there, Boas was stripped of his clothes and covered from head to toe with a strange gel. Then he was taken into a large semicircular room through a doorway that had strange red symbols written all over it. In that semicircular room, the beings took samples of Boas' blood from his chin, After that, he was taken to the third room and he was left alone for about half an hour. During that time, some kind of gas was pumped through the room and it made him become violently ill. Boas then claimed that he was joined in that room by another humanoid. But this one was female and, in his own words, very attractive and naked. This female humanoid was the same height as the other beings, but... It had a small pointed chin and large blue cat-like eyes. The hair on the female humanoid head was long and white, like a platinum blonde, but her underarm and pubic hair were bright red. Boas said that he was strongly attracted to this humanoid and had two, the two had sexual intercourse. During the act, Boas noted that the female did not kiss him, but instead nipped him on the chin. When the act was all over, the female smiled at Boas, rubbed her belly, and then gestured upwards with her arms. Boas took that to mean that she was going to raise their child in space. The female seemed relieved that the the sex act was over, but Boas said that he was angered by the situation because he felt that it had been a good situation. Like, he was attracted to this humanoid. Oh, he wanted this to keep going. Yeah, they had had... And then she's like, oh, thank God, I got the seed. Right. Exactly. And it made him feel bad inside. I mean, isn't that what we're all doing 50% of the time anyway? (laughs) Boas said that he was given back his clothing and then he was taken on a tour of the ship by the humanoids. And during that tour, he said that he attempted to take this clock-like device as proof of his encounter, but he was caught by the humanoids and prevented from doing so. Then he was escorted off the ship and he watched as it took off, glowing brightly. When he returned home, he discovered that four hours had passed. Wow. Now, following this event, 
he started suffering from nausea and weakness and headaches and he had lesions on the on his skin which appeared without any kind of bruise bruising they just came up out of nowhere as if from inside so he contacts this journalist named Jose Martins, who had placed an ad in a newspaper looking for people who had experiences with UFOs. And then once Martins hears Boa's story, he contacts this doctor, Dr. Olavo Fontes, who is of the National School of Medicine of Brazil. So he's a real doctor. He's not just a chiropractor. Got it. And he, sorry if you're a chiropractor. No, I'm not sorry if you're a chiropractor. And Fontes was also in contact with the American UFO Research Group, APRO. Now, Fontes examines this farmer and he's like, I think that you have been exposed to a large dose of radiation from some source, can't say where, and he's now suffering from mild radiation sickness. That's what I was going to say, because it sounds a lot like the Copper Cauldrons episode that we did where that guy was getting lesions or boils on his face. and. People think it's because of radiation poisoning from these alien crafts that he may have encountered. Yes. Yeah. So his symptoms included, quote, pains throughout the body, nausea, headaches, loss of appetite, ceaselessly burning sensations in the eyes, cutaneous lesions at the slightest of light touching, which went on appearing for months, looking like small reddish nodules, harder than the skin around them and protuberant painful when touched, and each had a small central orifice yielding a thin, yellowish, watery discharge. Gross. Yeah. So basically, you touch this guy, and he gets a blister. I hope that sex was worth it, because his lifespan has been shortened. Oh, I just... What if he got an alien STD? Oh, I didn't even what think What if radiation Radiation is, is just, just an alien, alien STD. STD. You heard it here first, folks. Has anyone ever proposed this theory before? Now, you might be thinking that Antonio is ben, just a like we can't trust him but he later became a lawyer and he married and had four children and he stuck to the story of his alleged abduction for his entire life now credibility factors I think is that he became a lawyer now there's literally a test before you became a lawyer to see how fucking rational and logical you are right I fucking hate lawyers for the most part <laughs> but there are great ones out there so I feel like why like He's he has some credibility, right? And also he sticks to this story despite being married and having four children. Like, don't you think his wife would be like, stop telling the story about you having good sex with an alien? Yeah, I've I, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And also the radiation sickness that was proved yeah. to be radiation. What else sickness. would that be from? You don't get radiation poisoning from driving a tractor. Unless it's an alien STD. Mm -hmm. And then also, finally, this experience occurred in 1957, which was several years before this like famous Hill abduction, which we've talked about before on this show, which made the concept of alien abduction famous. And then after that, you hear of tons of alien abduction stories. So his was before this kind of like, it's cool to be an alien abductee. Right. The Betty and Barney Hill abduction that was super publicized. Travis Walton's abduction. um, Roswell. So this is before uh, the popularization of alien abductions in pop culture and in the news. Right. Now, why? Like, like that is an example of someone having basically an alien which could be an incubus we don't know or it could be a changeling like yeah interchangeably taking the seed of a man and like using that to create an offspring have you heard of alien hybrids no but it sounds to me like a half alien half human 
That's exactly what it is. So in the 1980s, alien abduction researchers in the U.S. just accepted that women and men are routinely abducted, impregnated, or having their seed taken, and then just re-abducted a few weeks later for the extraction of the fetus um, if you're a woman. Okay. And these activities are explained in the short-lived pregnancies, which are experienced by female abductees. So that's a way to explain how a woman could be pregnant for a little bit and then all of a sudden oh is this an explanation for miscarriage is that what you're telling me could be a miscarriage but there are cases where people are pregnant and then they just don't know what happened to like the like your body reabsorbed or something so you take um that okay so if i'm understanding correctly it would be a situation where someone misses their period takes a pregnancy test it shows up as positive then a couple weeks later they go to the doctor to get an ultrasound and there's Mm -hmm. nothing there exactly got it yeah. That and, does happen sometimes. Right. So. And doctors might say like, oh, this is a miscarriage or... Or it was a false positive. False positive or your body just reabsorbed the pregnancy or something happened. Um, but actually you would tell your doctor, no. I was abducted. And I had an alien hybrid child. And now it's Michael Phelps and it's in the Olympics. Oh my God. Is you, that... You can't tell me he's <laughs> not an alien. Have you seen how long his arms are? That's rude and offensive. Trigger warning. He's so rich. Do you think he cares that I think he's half alien? And now you're going to relate it back to capitalism. I'm triggered, you guys. So the alien hybrid baby community is a real community that actually exists. Did you know about this? There's people who say that they're half alien and they have a club. I read this article entitled, (laughs) Woman, quote, had sex with aliens and gave birth to hybrid babies, end quote, and so might you. This was on mirror.co.uk. Now, you might think this is laughable, but um, there's this group of women who claim that they have sex with aliens and Mm -hmm. have children who are fathered by these aliens. And their children live with their alien dads on giant spaceships. And they describe all their sexual encounters with them as, quote, the best they've ever had. Now, the hybrid baby community believes that aliens are harvesting their DNA to create children that combine the best of both human and alien characteristics over a period of several years. Okay. They have an entire group, which you can find called the, guess what, hybrid alien baby community. And one of them is named Bridget. She's 27. She said the sex was the best ever and that thousands of women around the world are missing out on such experiences because they can actually have hybrid children with aliens and they just don't realize it. And she refutes claims pointing to a lack of evidence of such encounters, saying that extraterrestrial creatures only take women who on some level want to be taken. And here's a photo of her with photos or drawings of her children. Oh, she's cute. Um, So this is a blonde lady holding some pictures of drawings of aliens. I mean, they alien hybrids. Alien. Oh, oh, these. This is the children. These are her children. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm not really sure what to say. They're not very attractive. Um, This is like the perfect example of hot but crazy. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. The hotness to, to crazy scale. Right. If you guys don't know what that is, Google it. We don't have time to explain. There's no time. There's to explain. no time to explain. But um, shit, I was going to say something and now I forgot. Continue. So although Bridget cl- lives with her father in Sedona, Arizona, in the U.S., she claims to have had regular contact with aliens and she now has 10 hybrid children, four boys and six girls. She says that it was an incredible, super primal, super raw sexual experience and that there was a freedom and we were just really going for it. It was the best sex I ever had. 
That reminds me of when you're playing The Sims, and if you look into the telescope for too long, sometimes your Sim gets abducted, and if it's a lady Sim and it's returned, it gives birth to an alien. Yeah, and the, that's actually facts. Facts, and this Bridget is living proof. There's another female. Her name is Aluna, and she's from here, from L.A. That's she's a cute 23. Name. Yeah. And she says that she was in a classroom setting with other humans and that all of a sudden she is sat next to this green reptilian creature and immediately she's so sexually turned on looking at this being. Quote, I was very surprised. We are making love in this classroom in front of everyone. Everyone turned their attention to us. She continued, it sounds crazy and people have asked if I'm off my meds, but this is really happening. Aluna said that she was taken on board the ship in a, quote, dream state, and then described the sex she's had as one of her most vivid memories. Some of the women in the hybrid baby community, which have members aged from 19 to some in their 60s, claim to have more than 10 children with aliens. However, they never meet their children on Earth, and Bridget said, there's a sadness because you can't be with them. We believe there may be hundreds of thousands of women across the world who have hybrid babies. They just don't know about them. Now, what do you think of this? I mean, first of all, I would like to say I'm very glad that all of these experiences are consensual. Are consensual. Yes. yes. Because we would be having a very different conversation if these stories were about like traumatic experiences with aliens. Yeah, female empowerment. I'm glad it's just women getting theirs. They're like Well, you know and what, that guy from great. Brazil. Yeah. He wanted it to continue and she was like, no no. And he was like, okay. He was like, all right, I guess I have lesions now and I'm gonna go become <laughs> a lawyer and start my own family. Wow. Se- second of all, I just want to say that we're making a lot of jokes about this, but if this is real, uh that would really suck to not be believed. So I well I did some research on this and there's like hundreds of thousands of people who have come forward and said that this has happened to them now yeah. not all of them are consensual i chose to highlight these Thank women you for doing that. Yeah. who had consensual sex and said it was the best ever because that's like the best outcome of the situation right. well and they're happy their children are born and being taken care of aliens right and the non-consensual stuff i wonder how much of that is related actually to like that story that that listener linked us mm-hmm. where that guy who was a human man mm-hmm. living in what was it Texas? Oh my God! Who no? <laughs> who dressed up no. as an alien and drugged people? He drugged like and seventy people them. and probed them. Yeah, and people were just too afraid to go to the police because they thought it was an alien. <sighs> and then finally, when he was arrested, they realized he had probed seventy yeah, people. Yeah, he was just a crazy. So rapist. in my mind, I'm thinking the way that like I can. Um, be okay with this situation is by thinking that the aliens are having consensual sex with humans and all of that non-consensual stuff is is some human like that guy in texas like just being a fucking horrible rapist yeah i mean i I don't want to think that the aliens are rapists you know what i mean um yeah i agree now like why though why would aliens want to have come have sex with humans so some ufologists believe that there's this hybrid breeding program to create a race of super beings for what purpose we can't say is it to you know help evolution Mm -hmm. maybe these are humans who are adaptive to climate change or to something else that's going the world's going to go through i don't know but that's what they believe happened um well also that quora answer that you had me read one of them said that the reason for like stealing babies or stealing seeds is to create more diversity in the gene pool. So like if you have a 
um, a group of like five people that are living on a desert island, they can't repopulate. They can only repopulate a certain number of times before it's being inbred, right? Right. So maybe by if you have the technology, you're just like a group of 10 people and you have the technology to travel to an area where there are other people not related to you, then you mm-hmm. can repopulate your group of people and without causing inbreeding and having all these health problems. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what they said. They're like, basically, there's like four incubus, succubus people and we're having sex with each other all the time and um, we need to diversify our gene pool. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, it ends up with a situation like El Echisado, which you covered in your episode about the cursed king of Spain. Yes. 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 Now, if they had just allowed fairies to impregnate the queen instead of her own brother, that could have all been avoided. That's what you're telling me. That's that is what I told you, isn't it? Yes. This kind of reminds me of your Colabraro episode that you did (laughs) where it was like everyone says this thing but nobody knows why and there's like no information on it right and so i feel like this is in the similar uh genre of episode where we have all of this information about witches and changelings and succubi and demons and aliens and they all have this same thread but we haven't maybe we're just missing one puzzle piece to be able to connect it all yeah if someone could connect it that would be great yes last piece of this puzzle do you know what indigo children are no so some people suggest that indigo children are the offspring of these like supernatural implantations and conceptions so the term indigo children originated with this parapsychologist who's also a psychic and her name is Nancy Ann Tapp. She developed this concept in the 1970s, and so she introduced this idea of life colors, which are basically auras, but it's an aura that stays with you your entire life. And she started noticing through her psychic ability that in the late 1960s and early 70s, she noticed many children were being born with indigo auras. Now, what is so special about an indigo child aura? So... Basically, these children, they're they're different than other children. They're empathic, they're curious, and they're strong-willed, and they're often perceived by friends and family as being strange. They possess a clear sense of self-definition and purpose. They show strong, innate subconscious spirituality from early childhood. They have a strong feeling of entitlement or deserving to be here. They often have high intelligent quotient. They have this inherent intuitive ability. They have a resistance to rigid control-based paradigms of authority, and they may function poorly in conventional schools due to their rejection of rigid authority and their lack of response to guilt, fear, or manipulation-based discipline. Now, there is a hater who says that indigo children (laughs) don't exist. It's this bitch named Sarah (laughs) W. Whedon, and she suggests in her 2009 article entitled Nova Religio that the social construction of indigo children is really just a response to an ADHD. And she says that there's increased diagnosis of attention deficit hyperactivity disorder and that people like parents want to say that their child is an indigo child rather than just saying that they have ADHD. Okay. Now, as someone who has diagnosed ADHD, which I still think is fake, by the way, despite having it and benefiting from the medication that I take for it, <laughs> um, I think that the inability to do well in school because of a lack of response to fear-based discipline is very real. Like, you get so used to being disciplined as someone who has ADHD as a child that eventually discipline just doesn't work on you. So I'm not really sure. 
Um, whether indigo children exist or ADHD is the same thing as indigo children. Why can't it be both? Why can't yeah. people who have ADHD have indigo auras? Right. And why can't alien STDs also Cause, be radiation yeah. poisoning? Hello. We've made so many connections here and scientists should pay us. Basically. Yeah. Now, Alyssa, what do you think of this episode? Really batshit. Um, <laughs> I learned a lot. There were a lot of things that I didn't know that you presented to me today. I found it very intriguing. Yeah. I really like that this is a topic that there's not a lot of information about because as we've talked about on this show before, it's really easy to cover stories that everybody has already covered. Yeah. So I like when there's an episode that kind of doesn't have a conclusive or popularized theory about it because mm -hmm. it doesn't really exist yet in the public eye. I think that this is something that you have stumbled upon that mm -hmm. might become a more popular theory in the future. There's something unknown that's happening, and we don't know what it is, but we know that there's something unknown happening to humans, right? right. Like there's this shared experience by people who there seems to be like supernatural pregnancy or implantation. And to me, yeah, that's what we're missing. We don't know exactly what it is, but we know there is something to be said about this shared human experience. It's like people are claiming to feel a certain way. Right. What could be causing that? I don't know. Is it a need for change? Is it like a subconscious um, desire to, you know, be out of this world? I don't know. Is it aliens impregnating you? It's always aliens. Who knows? I'm always on the side of aliens. Yeah. That's my episode. It was beautiful. Thank you, Natalia. I really enjoyed it. Thanks. BRB, gotta go pass through a fairy circle backwards and naked. Nine times. Nine times. Not 10, not eight, nine. Maybe 69. Maybe 69. Maybe 420. Haven't decided. BRB, gotta go plow my field. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Bye. Bye. My sources for this episode are Wikipedia, of course, an article by Kavan W. Konkinen on August 12, 2020 for USC Dornsife, which is the College of Letters, Arts, and Sciences news article, the movie Vivarium, the metro.co.uk website article entitled Sex with an Alien was the most pleasure I have ever had. E.T. Lovers Reveal Secrets in New Book. Also, the interviews that I included here.